Hey guys, this week on the Double D Podcast, we chat with Toby Gassler. Uh, Toby talks about his younger roots, growing up in the country, the fact that his sexuality is constantly questioned, and his past and future in comedy. Also, we talked about bread quite a bit. Uh, Toby's got a podcast that he's working on currently called The Gas Station. Toby's a fixture at the Backline Comedy Theater in downtown Omaha. He's got a really excitable, great personality, which is pretty darn contagious. He's great to do scenes with, and he's a bunch of fun. You can also find him all over Omaha doing stand-up. You can see him this weekend in the Dad Joke Show at the Backline Theater downtown. Uh, I already said downtown. I don't need to say downtown 18 fucking times. Uh, That show is on March 11th as well as every week at the Barley Street Tavern open mic. He's doing stand-up there regularly. This is what happens when I try to write a script that I read. It just gets fucked up. Anyway, enjoy the show. Hey guys, thanks for joining the Double D Podcast. Today's guest, Toby Gassler. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Is this picking up okay? Yeah, it's picking up. A little bit high, let me turn it down a little bit. I talk really loud. And that's perfect because I've had a mixture of people not talking very loud and <laughs> I have to adjust the sound quality so much and and that's why I want to get a mixer because once I have a mixer it'll be great to be able to adjust it yeah. and fine tune it the perfect way sure so how's it going today on this fine Sunday it's going great which is what's going to be my intro song is it going to be the Florence one or is it going to be I the... can pick whatever you want all right I, I will I will pirate whatever music you <laughs> You choose. So I, Bonnie, keep kept heckling me, or not heckling me, hectoring me to go. Hey, listen to my podcast. Listen to my podcast. And I was like, all right, all right. And I try to listen to podcasts before I go to bed. And that one Florence song just puts me <laughs> puts me right to sleep. I never get more than than three words. Which in. did you listen to the episode? Uh, the very first episode yeah, where she not, was the guest? Yeah, the one where okay. she was the guest. I listened to that one and then Andrews and Matt's today. I recorded the uh, first episode with Bonnie on that blue snowball yeah. one that you were talking about. So, what uh, did you do any comedy this weekend? I did. I where? did uh, I did the Interrogated at Backline, which okay. is our uh, weekly improv show, and then I'm the current arena champion. Nice. What team are you on? I'm on a team called Shrimp and Grits. Oh, okay. We're bringing nice. Southern Charm back to the back end. <laughs> Who was, uh, who's on that team with you? It's me, Tony Maynard, um, Ma- Michael Johnson, and um, Bryce Comstock. Very cool. That's a good team. Yeah. And you were up against... Uh, we were up against the Devil's Three-Way. Which was... Nick Rowley, Dylan Rohde, and Rachel Ware. Wow. Three owners of the back line. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how fair the win was, but a win's a win. <laughs> Uh, we did the, uh, last night I was in the Comedy After Dark show. Oh yeah, how'd that go? It went okay. Uh, the crowd was like six people. Oh my god, so. the Comedy After Dark show I did in January, I guess, was the best show I've ever done. Really? Oh, that crowd was hungry for Toby. Really? They wanted it. Uh, was the, was there a big crowd? Yeah, it was pretty big. They were all drunk. I think oh. that really helped. Rome talked me up, which was nice. I wonder if the, uh... I wonder if the time slot made a difference because we did this at eleven thirty. Yeah, I um, I sat in on a show the uh, the midnight show. Matt LaRose does a midnight show once oh, a month now. So that's the fashionably late show. Yeah, and that show has actually now been absorbed into this show. Oh, perfect. so um, 
But yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the audience was thinking. I think a lot of people just left because it was. Uh, they had just got done sitting through an hour and a half sure. of tag team comedy, yeah. which I didn't get to see all of that. But what I understood the premise to be was people did their stand up and then somebody improv wise acted it out. Oh, that's kind I, of. Fun. I think that that was the premise. At least that's that's what I was seeing when I showed up because I saw Rachel doing her jokes and then Heather Jones was acting it out. I think that's who it was. Yeah. Um, I, I fancy myself, or I used to, I guess, a clean comedian, mostly clean. Really. And then I somehow developed this very filthy act, and it, it really works for comedy after dark because that's the whole premise. But do you find that it's a lot harder to write clean comedy? No, um, it's hard. I think it's not harder to write clean comedy. It's harder to relate to many people with clean comedy. Right. Everyone masturbates. Yeah. Fifty uh, percent of people have a dick. Uh, like so, it's 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 not hard to think of sex jokes and get people to understand. Oh, that is that is weird. Huh? Right. It is hard to make people understand why I think it's funny that I get mail that's just to address to current resident, <laughs> and that's hard to get people to understand. That right. I think that's a funny premise. But, yeah, exactly. You know, um, I, I you know I do find it a little bit easy to write dirty shit. Just for the reasons that you said, everybody masturbates. Everybody, half the people have a dick. Yeah, I mean it's 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 somewhat relatable. I have to kind of make my shit a little bit more relatable because my a lot of my shit's just gay, <laughs> and so I have to make that more relatable to the straight members of yeah, the audience sure. as well. Because I don't want to. I I mean I don't want to be one of those gay comedians who is just doing nothing but gay stuff, which has been kind of hard for me to get out of. Just, I th- I think. I mean, I think we write what we know, right? I, I talk, a majority of my clean act is about food, and that's because yeah. I'm overweight. And so, and, but no one goes, oh, there's the fat comedian. Right, So right. I, I think that's a, I think that's a shame, that we just can't accept gay comedians. As, yeah. As, or, or the same thing with a woman comedian. We can't just accept a woman talking about womanhood. Exactly. And I, I don't really, I mean, as much as I feel like I'm into comedy, I can't even think of a necessarily like a, a super popular gay comedian i can think of like alex mappa do you know who that is no exactly yeah uh he's if you can think of an asian male gay stereotype from a tv show <laughs> yeah yeah that's him that's okay. who it is right. uh he's played that role so many times and his stand-up is really good um but it's it's few and far between for sure. sure. Yeah, um, there isn't a ton uh, of us out there, and I mean it's because we're not relatable in certain ways. Yeah, it's hard. It's um, I think it's it's, I, but I isn't stand up comedian kind of by definition of people who are unrelatable. Like we can't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there's definitely truth to that. Um, but and what's funny is that. We're unrelatable as people, yeah. But our whole goal in life is to be relatable sure. to to the people that we're talking to. Yeah, I've um, I've been I've been talking about on stage. This kind of went over well. How I there's a certain amount of words that I won't use on stage. I, I call them ping words, words that when people hear them, they don't want to listen to them anymore. Like like uh, the the n word, the c word, and then for odd purposes, I used to throw in the word literally. Where I don't use the word literally on stage because all these fucking grammar hipsters want to tear you apart when you use it wrong. 
and so a lot of that comes from the fact that I just it's all about efficient communication that's what um, comedy is yeah and it's I, and I've noticed that too because when I do a bit about talking like my mother or like talking about my mother and I drop in just uh, I'll randomly say fuck or damn it or something like that I can see the audience like yeah. whoa and they completely um, they just completely kind of defocus from what I'm saying sure and that sucks so I need to I definitely need to work on that but how long have you been doing stand up uh, I started. At 19. Okay. And St. how old are you now? I'm 25. Oh, okay. So I started in St. Louis. Now, St. Louis had a really unwelcoming comedy scene. Especially really? Yeah, and this is interesting. I was talking to somebody else this morning about this. And it was during the recession, so I think <laughs> so it, was, it was big. And everyone talked about this this huge open mic boom. Not that we were starting open mics, but there was one good open mic in town. At least for a 19-year-old to find, I think. Now, as a little, I'm a little bit older, I could probably find better ones out right, there. Right, right. But it was at the Funny Bone. Their, their Funny Bone. In um, St. Louis? In St. Louis. Okay. And there was like this hierarchy of how to get on stage because they took 20 people. Right. We were having 50 people sign up each week. Okay. And the hierarchy was, is there any professionals in town? Which was actually kind of cool. I used to do a stand-up comedy with like Greg Warren or Nikki Glaser. Okay. Um, which was neat. So... The professionals got on stage, and then anybody who worked at the Funny Bone got on stage. And then by the time you kind of got down the ladder, there were, or any first timers would get on stage. And then you got like 10 slots. Right. And you had to fight so hard for those 10 slots. And it was, it was unwarm, and I was in college. I yeah. was trying to <clears throat> date. Like, I just was like, this is not for me. So I probably, <laughs> I probably did it 10 times my four years. In right, right. I'm, I'm, I, I'm trying not to take it too seriously. I'm sure. still trying to look at it as much as possible as just like a hobby. Like it's just something to do uh, on the side. And I'm sure I've definitely got so much growing to do just because mm-hmm. there are people, I mean, you've been doing it for what, six years now? Yeah. So, and, and I'm sure you're still finding stuff out about how to do it and, and sure. you know, finding your way. Well, in, and, and as, as, as unseriously as I take it, I, I've only probably been doing it as hard as I've been doing it for about a year and a half now. Oh, okay. And the growth that I've found in just that year and a half of actually doing it once a week and forcing myself right. has, has, met, has been so tremendous. Do, do you find that to be a big battle, like forcing yourself to go do it? Because I run into that too. I have become more restless the older I get. So okay. when I was in college, yes, that because I had to drive into St. Louis. I, <laughs> I lived in St. Charles, which is a suburb of St. Louis. I was right. going to college there. I had to drive into St. Louis. I grew up on a farm. This was very scary for a, right. a young man such as myself. But now, the older I've gotten, the more restless I get. And right. so um, I don't really like sitting at home. I'm very energetic. I hate... I and hate, you, you're, you're, that's happening to you as you get older? As I get older, yeah. Really? Um, I hate being alone. That's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a big thing for me. As I, I, when, I, when I spend too much time alone, I tend to fall back into some sort of dark, dark side of myself which is still a fairly light side but right but dark for me and um so like when i'm like oh, wednesday night barley street right I'm for sure going and if it's thursday night i'm like what am i going to do tonight i'm yeah. sure the back line's got something going on it's difficult for me to i mean in the months that i've been doing this and going to the back line and stuff like that i mean it I, it's a constant battle because i mean i work a, a 7 a.m to 4 job sure yeah you know during the week 
So it's difficult to like go to Barley Street and stick around as late as that goes on and then still have the energy to get up and, and go to work the next day. That, and I'm fighting the other battle of like the, the older I get, the more I just want to be here and just be home and not do anything. So it's it's nice to have something to force me out of my shell yeah. to get out and do something else because it's just sad to just sit at home. <laughs> it is. Well, I work I work two thirty to ten thirty right now. Oh, okay. That's my shift, so it's so incredibly easy for me yeah. to just swing by and do stand up is like perfect. Yeah. For that. Oh yeah, and I I wake up around eleven and mm-hmm. and I'm what it really it's really hard with dating. Yeah. When I start dating a new girl, I tend to exhaust her because I'm like, hey, you want to hang out? It's 11 p.m. It's 11 p.m. <laughs> I'm, I'm up till 3. Yeah, Do you want to hang out? I'm not going to be tired till the sun comes up. What are you, what are you doing tonight? It, it's a problem. I, I've, I've given some serious uh, thought to like what it would be like if I worked a, a lesser job because I'm like an operations manager for this uh, company I work for. And so I'm on call 24 seven. I can get calls at 2 AM or whatever. And it's just, what would it be like if I had a job where I left it at work and Mm -hmm. I was able to maybe adjust my hours a bit more because I'm not really in a position now where I could work evening hours if I wanted to. Um, And so I just wonder if it would be advantageous for me to do that or not. Because, but at the same time, I think while I'm so used to what I've been working and, and the, the schedule that I'm working, would comedy just wind up sucking if I did switch off? Like I would, I would go through all this effort and just start bombing all the time. So yeah, I don't I, know. I try my best to just make my life um, as hectic as possible, <laughs> and so I think that it's so funny because I'm I'm switching jobs now, and my current job I've forced my life around this particular okay. weird schedule that I work. Yeah. And now that I'm switching, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. how. Are you going to be working a new shift? Kind of, kind of. I'm just getting more days off. Okay. I'm working four tens instead. That's of, nice. Yeah. Instead of 45 hours a week, I'm working four tens, which is nice. I, uh, a bunch of my employees do that and they love it so much. I, I, I kind of threatened to put them back on five eights <laughs> and they started to revolt. And I was like, all right, it's fine. We'll just have a grandfather clause into the four tens. No one else who gets hired will be able to work four tens, but you guys who are currently doing it will will leave it like that. Well, it's um, once I'm at work. This is kind of how I've always been. Once I'm at work, I don't I don't mind staying. Right, I can stay forever. I couldn't do ten hours at my job just because I'm sitting behind a desk all day. And oh yeah, yeah. ten hours of that would just be ridiculous. No, I'm cooking dinner. I'm playing. Board games. I'm, yeah, I, it's it's it, thirteen hours goes by so quick right. if you're doing it right. Um, I used to work ten hour shifts at this place uh, uh, in this town in Clar- or Iowa. I used to live at, and uh, it was like a residential home for like the mentally handicapped. And I was doing the same thing. I was cooking dinner. I was passing out meds and stuff like that. And by the time you get through everything, yeah, you're like, oh, I've got two hours left, you know. And yeah. and the the whole shift goes by pretty quick. So I'm sure if you're up and around doing stuff, it, it probably makes a big difference. Did you grow up in Missouri? Yep, I grew up uh, Wellsville, Missouri. Fun fact: the guy who, um, a guy who worked on the first atom bomb, graduated from Wellsville. Really? Yep. Tom, How big of a population is that? Fourteen hundred. What? Yep, fourteen hundred. I grew up. I grew up five miles outside of town on a farm. Okay. And I was a farm hand for a couple of years of my life. The job I was officially worst at. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's uh I, I i talk about things that click i think they call multiple intelligences where yeah, yeah, yeah you're born with just knowing how to do something right i 
nothing to do with farming. Is Wellsville outside of like St. Louis? It's it's about halfway between Columbia, which is where MU is. Oh, okay. And then St. Louis. Okay. So I uh, went to college for a, a period of time in Maryville, Missouri. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, my parents moved from New York to this town called Coin, Iowa. Uh-huh. Population 110. Wow. When we lived there, I think it's down to like 70 at this point. Um, but uh, Coin was like 30 minutes away from Maryville, and they were nice enough that since I was close enough to the Missouri border. That they let me pay in-state tuition, even though I lived in Iowa. So, so all right. So, did you go to Northwest? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I dated a girl who went to Northwest. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. go Bearcats. <laughs> Big party town. You know, um, so I hate sports. I absolutely cannot stand to participate Good. in any element of sports. That's, that's great. Uh, that's fantastic. But it's a col- It's kind of a college football mecca, right? Yeah. And so my girlfriend used to drag me to these games, and it they were awful, and I hated them. Yeah. And I would just have to get so drunk just to be able to, just be able to, and then college, watching, watching, I have a list of things, because I used to not drink, I was very straight edge for a while. Really? Yeah, yeah, up until 21 I didn't drink. Um, Wow. Yeah, and then I had a list of things that I want to try now that I drink, because I think they'll be better. Watching sports is not one of them. I still hate it. Drunk, yeah. sober, I, I think can't stand drunk, it. it would be even worse. It would be torture. <laughs> well, I don't think I, I'm in the same boat as you. I can't. I mean, but that's kind of ingrained in my homosexualness, just to not like sports. It's just yeah, it's it's not the gayest thing about me. But yeah. it's, <laughs> it's close. Um, I I also on that list is uh, camping. I want to try camping now that I drink. Uh, what do you hate camping? I sober. Hate it. Oh, I do too. I'm in the same boat. Uh, drunk, I don't think it'd be any better. I have I have drank and gone camping before, and I feel like, especially at night, it just makes you that much more paranoid. Like, you're <laughs> fucked so up. You're, you're fucked up. The world is spinning, and now there's monsters yeah, out in the sure. darkness. I don't know. Plus, if you have to throw up, you're just like, oh. <laughs> like, you're just doing it wherever. Which I guess is better, but at the same time. and then And then you wake up, and for me... Hangovers are the worst. So to wake up with a hangover, sleeping on the ground, oh, that the, would be even worse. The feeling of waking up in a tent in a sleeping bag and it's hot <laughs> yeah. is the worst. Yep. If your skin is clammy, yep. your whole shirt is wet. Yep. You're There's a big guy bugs. like me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I sweat all over the place. Right. It smells. Yep. You have to zip that little that little <laughs> that little sleeve tarp screen thing. So I, there's a the reason I shower twice a day, and yeah. it's not because I am a germaphobe. It's because I smell. Like yeah, you're a big guy. You smell. It's just you know, and I don't I don't want to be. Uh, the fat guy that smells like that's another. <laughs> there's a this. lot. There's a lot of things I don't like about myself because people can guess it from my size. Uh, <laughs> the fact that I have bathroom issues, people are like, he probably does, and I hate that they're right. Uh, the fact that I sweat. Um, right. <laughs> how excited food makes me. I I have to force myself not to show my hand whenever right. food arrives because I know. People expect that. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, well, he's gonna eat everything. So, <laughs> so we better get our food while we can. I'm not a good. I'm not a big fan of snack tables. I went to a party yesterday, and there's a snack table, 
and I just realized I never get that far away from it. I can't. I'm just. And I, I see You're people. You're in constant orbit. <laughs> I just. I see people who can grab a chip and dip and then leave, and then I'm like, I'm going. How are you able to do this? I want to go back there and go again and again. Um, how many? So since you were in a small town, because I, I, so I lived in Coin, but I went to school in College Springs, Iowa. Yeah. And that was a. The school was South Page, and Page was the county. Oh, yeah. And that so, was, that's a common situation. Yeah, yeah. And so there were 200 kids in the entire school, and that was K through 12. Shit. So there were 14 kids in my graduating class. How big was your graduating class? You know, it's hard. It's weird when a person can beat me. Uh, I normal, I had 36 kids in my graduating wow. class. So we had a school building. We didn't do county. We did Wellsville Middletown, which was just another town. Close. Okay. And a lot of my friends lived there. I was actually about halfway between Wellsville and Middletown. So right. it was kind of nice. Um, we actually went to a school building where it was three hallways and it was elementary, junior high, high okay. school. So like I, I could, I would go and see elementary right, kids right. all the time. And it was, and it was kind of like that for us too, because we had, uh, the kindergarten was like off to the left, but then the rest of the school was three floors. So the first floor was elementary, second oh, was middle school, yeah. third floor was high school. So we never, I mean, that was, Yeah. When I, when I first, uh, because before we actually moved out here, we moved to Iowa between my uh, eighth grade year and my freshman year, mm-hmm. and before we actually moved, we came out here to visit, and I met uh, this kid named Brandon, who's now my best friend and lives next door. Oh, cool. Uh, and he took me to school with him for a couple of days, and I was blown away. I was like, are you kidding me? Because I just, or I was getting ready to graduate eighth grade. Of which there was 1,400 kids in my 8th grade graduating class. I mean, it was ridiculous. To come out here and see 14 kids in a class, nobody had ever transferred into this class before. I was this weird kid with an accent from New York, (laughs) you know? And then as I progressed throughout high school, I then became the weird kid from New York with the accent who's gay. You know, so it was just all of these things stacking up. I got, like, and I was trying so hard. Like when I started driving, I got a pickup truck. I was like, "They'll, they'll never, know they'll now. never get it. <laughs> they'll never guess that I'm gay." Uh, but no, they, it, I, I always talk about in my town, I was the gayest kid, <laughs> and that was weird because there were gay kids in my town. But right. I was, I somehow transcended that gay. <laughs> um, and uh, one time, this woman, it was during the gas price explosion. I, okay. I never got too stressed out. Yeah, uh, but this woman, I just I hate when there's these built-in conversations that I just have to have all day, every day and during that time. Those gas prices, right. that's all we ever talked about. And she just goes, "Toby, I just wish you'd wave your magic wand to make these gas prices go down." And I'm like, "Do I? Am I a fairy? What is? What? That was such something. That was such a backhanded way to. Uh, did you plug the microphone? Yeah, I did. That was such a backhanded way to call you gay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's what she was doing, but maybe. <laughs> I don't, well, that's the thing is that no one called me gay. They all just assumed. Like <laughs> no one ever, no one ever just said gay. They and all I just... think I think that there was a lot of assumption in regards to me too because they were like, "Well, he's never really had a girlfriend." Yeah. Uh, and uh, my the the girls who I was friends with in high school used to just call me the spatula. Because I did nothing but sleep with straight men. And so they would just like, yeah, he's a spatula. He can flip any straight guy he wants. <laughs> and uh, 
that was really shitty for me to have to like deal with in in high school and even outside of high school was that the subset of gay people was so minuscule that mm-hmm. the only people I did sleep with or do anything with during like my sexual exploration phases were all kids who were straight and who were just curious or whatever yeah. and so that ruined my self esteem in that aspect because of course those people were like. Don't ever touch me again, faggot. Oh my so god! Just, yeah, I mean, it was it was a shitty way to to, to grow up. But yeah, I, I don't know why. I mean, if only my parents, if only I could have sat my parents down when I was in eighth grade and been like, "Listen, we can't move. I think I'm gay, and you're about to move me to the fucking country." Sure. Like, yeah. What? No, that's not a, that's not a good idea. You think that would have affected their decision? With <sighs> God, I think you're they, right. I think they would have moved quicker. Oh, sure. Were like, oh, we need to make him straight. Because uh, they're very Irish Catholic about it. Yeah, so, like, yeah. they're, they deal with it, but we don't talk about it. It's yeah, just it's one of those things. That's um, that's common. That's how it was yeah. for, like, my performing for years. Oh, really? Yeah. We wouldn't we wouldn't talk about it. No one. And Did your parents want you to kind of go one way and do a certain thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I don't think my parents really had many expectations for yeah. me. They don't. I don't think they really get me as a person, which is fine. They're loving people. I'm not. They're not horrible at all. They're, <laughs> they're wonderful parents. They just don't under. They don't quite understand me. And right. I don't know what my dad. My dad was really into the idea of me becoming a musician. Okay. I don't know why. I know, I'm not good. I'm not good at yeah guitar. Did you I, give it a try though? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my dad kind of forced me my freshman year to learn guitar and then he also learned guitar at the okay. same time i don't he was going through something and, uh, <laughs> midlife, midlife crisis yeah and that was sort of that was kind of it was very formative time for me because that was also my peak of attention seeking okay so if you give somebody who wants attention a guitar right that's a horrible tool yeah, that, that, yeah. That, there's no way to Listen handle to me. yeah <laughs> everyone over here now no one have a conversation you weren't listening to me before, but now I have a guitar. <laughs> um, I used to take my guitar to the most inappropriate places. I sometimes want to apologize to everyone. Uh, maybe I'll just do it now. I'm so sorry. I would take it to... We did a Future Business Leaders of America like state conference. Oh, wow. I thought that was a good time to bring a guitar. Um, I went to a cheerleading camp. I thought that was a good time to bring a guitar. Yikes. Uh, Wait. You went to cheerleading camp. I was a cheerleader. That's that's another. <laughs> you know what? I'm starting to I'm starting to drop my judgment towards the people you lived around. Yeah, yeah. You, you were get them. You were giving them all the tools, and they were making their assumptions yeah. based on facts. Yeah, so no, like, it was there. They were clear. Uh, I, my father used to defend me, but I think he was almost like defending his own pride. Okay. Where he would go, yeah, Toby's a cheerleader. You know where he gets to touch those girls? He ain't stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just go, calm down, Dad. I'm, I'm... Do you have uh, Do you have siblings? Yeah, older sister, younger sister. Okay, so you're the younger. Or middle. You're the middle. Yeah. Okay, all right. Are your parents, uh, what's the age difference between you and the oldest? Uh, it's actually three years difference on each side. Oh, okay. So three, three, three. Okay. Which is cool. We all worked at Subway growing up. <laughs> so for almost a decade, I had a free sandwich. That's cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Can't beat that. No. I worked at Burger King, so I got a lot of free uh, <laughs> Burger King. Yeah. I uh, definitely took advantage of that shit. Sure. Uh, everybody, I, I think every child or adolescent at some point 
should really just work in fast food for like a shorter period of time to yeah. really establish to know what it feels like to be a servant. Exactly. People get so un upset about something that's so dumb. Yeah. They are paying five dollars for this food. Exactly. They're gonna get shit. It's exactly. just how it goes. Oh, we fucked it up. Of course we did because I had to make forty of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're paying me. You're paying me minimum wage. Exactly. Cause... Oh man, I those are the worst days of my life. I think working there, but it taught me a lot about how to deal with people, mm-hmm. how to appreciate, you know, what I was doing. It forced me to realize that I had to do something better with my life because I was working with. 30 year olds who had been there for six years you know and it's just like this is scary it's it was so weird because at boys town where i work now i'm doing sometimes i'll go in at saturday morning and have to stay overnight not leave till sunday night you know that's insane six hours at subway was the hardest shift i've ever had to do (laughs) because i normally did five hours like i was a part-timer really six hours at subway was the hardest shift i've ever done um did you do you have a degree in it? Did you go to college and all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I went to college at Lindawood University in uh, St. Charles, Missouri. Okay. Right across the river of St. Louis. Okay. I have a degree in nonprofit administration and a minor in theater. Very nice. Yeah. So you did uh, you did theater in college. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, I was on a improv troupe in college. Nice. Uh, short form improv. It was it was kind of a rocky road, and I did a lot of community theater with a community college, and I did a lot of theater through my school. Okay. I'm definitely envious of that because I wish I had done a lot more of that when I was younger. Sure. Like I in high school I did uh uh I did drama, obviously, perpetuating the stereotype. Uh I did speech. Um but I, I in college I didn't do any of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean it was I just focused on, on the education part of it, but um I, yeah, it, going into this and, and starting to do improv and stuff like that at 30, it's like, man, I've missed out on, like... It's hard. Prime years of, of being able to do it. I but. sometimes worry, like, um, that I'm going to do something at 55 and realize I love it, you know? Like, I'm, <laughs> I sometimes think I'll have a gay experience at 55 and realize I loved it. it Fuck! Was 30 all years! years all years! <laughs> I could have been gay, but now... Oh. I've missed out on the prime gay years. Yeah. Yeah, because at 55, if you're gay, you're not getting it, anything no, unless you're dead. paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> 50, 55 in gay years, you're dead. <laughs> you should have been in a relationship for at least 20 years at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who did you uh, grow up like listening to and enjoying comedy-wise? You know, there was... Uh, I don't know. So we didn't have cable. Oh, okay. We didn't have cable until... Maybe freshman year of college or freshman year of high school because um, I grew up fairly poor, not too poor. I don't want to make it sound like I had a hard life. uh, You grew up on a farm, though, which I think is not like there were kids that I grew up with who lived on a farm, but like it it wasn't that they were poor. They were just resourceful, yeah, and they they spent the money on the important stuff. And and being on a living on a farm, I. I think that you guys should honestly be the richest people in the world because that's so much work. There's so much work involved in just producing this one thing. Well, and especially it's so it's so costly to do it as a living. All the farmers I know have a forty hour a week job. Yeah. They all and then they work in the fields on the weekends on nights. It really sucks. What did um, your family grow? 
we didn't grow anything, so we um, we were kind of small scale farms. My dad sold the official family farm, so okay. it's it's a it's a complicated story. My dad lived close enough to the official family farm that he could work it for his mother. Okay. And then when she was getting too old and this was getting too much work, he sold it. Okay. And then, so the farm I lived on was rented. So all gotcha. the stuff I did was through neighbors. So I, I did okay. a lot of hay work. Yeah. Which is just, which is just lifting 70 pound bales. Yeah. And, and the, the, the worst thing about hay work is that it's, your goal is to find the hottest, driest day, and you just you're sweating, and you have all these these fucking scratches. But you were probably the fittest in your life. No, no, because no? you have to eat biscuits and gravy to survive. <laughs> you're like it's you have the worst diet because you need so many calories to live a day at a farm. That's true. And my uncle, so my uncle would drink black coffee out of a water jug yeah. on the farm and he would just wow. be driving to hayfield i'm dying i'm <laughs> sure i'm close to death and he would just you would just see his lips pucker over this spout and it was just black <laughs> still warm coffee <laughs> that he was drinking so like gross. and he would drink it not he wouldn't sip it like you should coffee he would drink it like it was water <laughs> i i moved uh when i moved out here with my parents i was 14 but all of my siblings are considerably older, so yeah. my next uh, my next oldest brother is ten years older than me. Oh wow! So they all stayed in New York when we moved out here. Sure. So I would just call them, just crying, like I had to mow <laughs> the yard today, <laughs> stuff that they never had to do, sure. and they showed absolutely no sympathy. And I was like, "Listen, motherfuckers, you have never had to mow." An acre of grass with a push mower. Well, like yeah. don't even. Oh man. If, so I'm the only boy in my family, right? Which is a weird thing to inherit, like that that workload for no <laughs> reason. I just <laughs> there, there's no reason why I should have this workload. I just do. Uh, and so I'm the only boy, and my dad's a fairly unreasonable person, to really? work, and especially to work with. <laughs> it's just. It's in, it's always insanity, always high stress. <laughs> but at least they're understanding because I can't imagine what your your dad was going through. Like, oh, hey, Toby's born. We have a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Fourteen years later, uh, yeah, he's a cheerleader. <laughs> uh, I would have I would have loved to have just kept track of his blood pressure throughout your entire life, oh, just I, to see. The amount of toy tractors I've been given. Have, just trying to force it. Yeah, down. oh, I've been given toy tractors, and I would just use them as as props for, for elaborate shows I was putting on with my action figures. It was, he, uh, yeah, he. I can't imagine he had an easy time with me. <laughs> uh, I, my parents, on numerous occasions, I'm sure, found me in my room singing along to the Aladdin soundtrack, and they were like, Oh, God. <laughs> He's a lost cause at this point. Sure. They had to... I became very butch when I moved to Iowa because of all the shit that I had to do to surround the property. Because my parent, The house that my parents live in, they bought on tax certificate. Yeah. So they just paid the property tax and owned it outright. And it was... It had been abandoned for like four years. So they had to have somebody come in and get it into a livable condition and update everything or whatever. Sure. 
but the property itself was not maintained. And like I said, they have they had an acre of property. So when we first moved out there, I had to knock everything down. My parents bought a tiller. I had to till an acre of property. That's awful. With a with a roto yeah, like, yeah, yeah. tiller. We had one of those. And uh, plant seed. Eventually, they wanted to put it in a garden, so I had to help them with that. I mean. I'm grateful for it because I probably would have had a heart attack by now if I didn't have, <laughs> if I didn't have those few years of, yeah. of exercise and, and being outside because other than that, I, I just would have been inside. And I'm grateful for this guy, too, because he uh, got me out there a lot and you know because he was a, a country kid and sure. was yeah. just out running around all the time. So I at least had, had that going for me. But, oh, man. We had... Um... My dad has a subcompact tractor, which is just, it's a little bit bigger than a riding lawnmower. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, And it's designed for kind of large-scale right. gardening. Right. And my dad loves the garden. He has, a, he has an incredible green thumb. He, he, and he's so unimpressed with himself. <laughs> he just does it, and he grows these incredible vegetables, and that's just, that's reality. He's never like, check this out. He's, right. he's just, he just goes, yep, I'm working in the garden, and it's incredible. <laughs> And there was a time he got really, and I kind of, I, the older I get, the more, like, I just got a bread maker, and I'm so excited about it. So, I realized... Was that you today? Did you post a picture Yeah, bro. What kind of bread did you Beer make? Beer bread. So, I was just listening to uh, Joe Rogan, his podcast, sure. and he had Tom Papa on, and Tom was talking about how he's been making sourdough bread. Yeah, And I didn't impossible. realize that uh, you have to make, like, uh, there's a name for it. But it's like when you take flour and water. You have to make a yeast culture. A yeah. Very, a very particular yeast culture. With yeah. Sourdough bread. And that's why San Francisco sourdough bread is so impressive and so special because uh, there's some sort of weird yeast that develops in that coastal region. It's, it's, uh, so he was talking about that. Yeah. And the type of uh, culture that comes from San Francisco is yeast that is taken off of the skin of grapes Whoa. that are grown in Napa Valley. And not only that, but he was talking about how there's cultures out there that have, and I think he was calling them starters. Yeah. Uh, starters that have been around for like 120 years. Have you ever seen a vinegar, how vinegar is made? No. They have this, it's disgusting. They have this thing <laughs> called a mom. Okay. And this is actually, like in the South, people pass this down for generations. Yeah. And the mom is this gelatinous skin. <gasps> Gross. That is 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 some sort of weird bacteria culture that creates vinegar, and you pat like you start one, and then it grows Ooh, and grows and alive for decades. That's so gross. And you pass it's like a cast iron skillet. You pass it to your kid, huh? And I saw somebody just lift up a mom once, and it was disgusting. Oh, it, that's so it, gross. Yeah, I so I um brew my own beer. Okay, and my I have this desire to learn how to start to finish brew beer. Okay, so if the apocalypse comes. I have a you role. Have bread and beer. I have a role to play because right now I have nothing to offer of apocalypse. Uh, if there's some sort of <laughs> me neither, I'd be like, uh, I'll suck your dick. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah know. that's what I'll do. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else I can offer you <laughs> because I'm just useless with everything. Right? And so I feel if if I'm the guy who makes beer, exactly, I'll be protected. Yeah, 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 yeah. they will they will right. take care. You'll of me. have a purpose. I'll have a guy take care of me. He'll be fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I have no idea how to create a yeast culture, but it's apparently easy. I don't know. That's crazy. But yeah, sourdough bread is, it's, my friend has sourdough yeast that he okay. makes sourdough bread out of. He never does. Uh, it's apparent sourdough bread uh, in, in the scheme of breads 
is apparently better for you in certain ways. Sure. There's less... I think there's a saying that everything goes good with sourdough. Yeah, it yeah. does. I, uh, so I have a podcast I'm starting, and it's all about food. Oh, really? I'm very food-obsessed. Nice. Yeah. You have to have me on. I'll talk about it. Because I, uh, I grew up in a, a relatively Italian household. Sure. We're Irish-Italian, but we associate more with the Italian side. Especially it's more charming. It comes, yeah, yeah. Especially when it comes to food. So, who was your first guest? Uh, Nick Rally. Buffalo, okay. Buffalo chicken anything. Nice. I, I still... So... This is inside baseball because no one else besides the people. Oh, well, everyone who listens to this knows everyone. So yeah. <laughs> never mind. Uh, yeah. Um, Corey Starman was is my co-host. Okay. And I was going to put him in charge of editing and publishing. Yeah. That didn't work. So no? I now have to take over the uh, editing. So now Corey's just. What are you using to record the program? I use Audacity. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. It's cheap. Yeah. It's uh, simple. Free. <laughs> yeah. Free. Uh, but yeah. So I'm I'm very food obsessed. It's, Who's the second guest? Uh, well, tonight we're recording the official first episode, which is going to be Corey interviewing me. Oh, nice. So I figure I can get like an origin story. So were you just talking about food? Well, the goal is I'm going to hopefully, this is a good plug, hopefully my goal with this podcast is to create, is to make somebody their favorite food. Mm-hmm. They come over, they eat it, and then we just discuss why that's their favorite food, their relationship with food. And I'm going to try to do two parters each week so I can okay. I can minimize the amount people have to show up. And so the first half is going to be about them talking about their relationship with food. And the second half, which I'll release the next week, will be a specific topic regarding their favorite food. Okay. So if your favorite food is buffalo chicken anything, I would do like Super Bowl snacks. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited to listen to it because I want to hear uh, what you guys talk about, obviously. But I want to hear what your sound quality is like, too. Because yeah. your setup sounds perfect for what I want to upgrade to. Sure. Because this, I mean, this is okay, and it sound to me, it sounds okay. You can definitely tell that we're in a big empty room, you know. I mean, it's, and I want to be able to kind of dial that in a little bit mm-hmm. more and, and have a little bit better quality. But with, with sound quality, my goal is for it to just not be offensive. Right. Like I just want that barrier to be removed because yeah. people get so I get so stressed out whenever a microphone has feedback in, yep. a, in like an auditorium and everyone. Freaks out yeah. as if they've never heard this. And yeah. every time I walk into an auditorium, I prepare myself. There might be listen. This may happen. Just live with it. Don't freak out. You've yeah. heard it before. Right. Yeah. I uh, and that that's the goal. I just want to be able to upgrade to that because I I didn't. Luckily, you've been great. But most times, I have to kind of give precursors to everybody. Listen. Don't touch the desk. <laughs> Don't. Matt Van Epps was here and he was pounding the sides of the chair. <laughs> And I understand. Was well, he just doing his cherry sign? Yeah, pressure pretty much. <laughs> and 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 it was just like, uh, and I I feel bad having to be like that, but at the same time, it helps me later on having to uh, not edit a whole lot. Yeah, you know, no, yeah, and editing sucks. Yeah, and it's boring. Oh, it's super boring. And by the time you've done, you're done editing, you've listened to this one episode four times. Yep. Yeah. And you're just like. I'm just ready to just post it and be done with it. Yeah. I've actually, I've posted a, a podcast a long time ago mm-hmm. when I was just getting into it with my friend who got drunk while we watched the movie Ex Machina. <laughs> uh, and he, it turned out great because he had the fucking weirdest ideas about what this movie is about. <laughs> Are you planning on cooking uh, during the podcast? No, no. This is going to be beforehand. The cooking is mainly just as a thank you. Okay. And... I like to double down on things. Right. So if I want to do a podcast, I want to also learn okay. about things. So yeah, yeah. 
me cooking different dishes because I love to cook. It's one of my favorite things to do. But you get kind of stuck cooking the same thing. Right. You're, you kind of because you, you get kind of stuck in your routine. life. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm I like it because the first time I ever fried anything was with Nick Rowley. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, frying is difficult, uh, especially if you don't have a deep fat fryer. No, yeah, I just had a big pan. Yeah. Uh, we made egg rolls, it was pretty easy. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right, so plug, uh, what do you got coming up? I got nothing coming up. I'm nothing. In the, <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. No, I'm a, an interrogated on Friday. At the back line. Back line, 10 p.m. I am in the arena on Friday. Okay. Uh, you can catch me every Wednesday at the Barley Street. Follow right. me on Twitter. I want more followers. I don't know how to get them. What's your Twitter handle? At Toby Leon. And you can buy Twitter followers. Oh, well, there it is. uh, You can just buy them. (laughs) I was at Tweedle Toby because I thought it was funny. Oh, nice. But then I just felt like it was too much for I'm uh, at Fluffy Bear, and I think I've posted six times. Yeah, I'll follow you. I'm a little bit too old for Twitter, I think. I don't know. It's just, it escapes me. I don't have anything interesting to say most of the time. Well, I want a positive ratio. So when I find somebody and I talk to them, eventually I go, hey, are you on Twitter? And my hope is they go, yeah, I don't really use it. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you follow me so I can get the positive ratio because you aren't concerned with me following you. Exactly. what, uh, what's the name of your podcast? The Gas Station. The Gas Station. I love it. Toby Gasly. I love play on words. Yeah. Uh, I was, I don't know what I was thinking with the Double D podcast. I, you know, I was, I was trying to go with that, but, um, yeah, I, now it's just DD podcast on <laughs> iTunes because there was already a Double D podcast yeah, on yeah. iTunes and you can't have, and that's my advice to you. Look on iTunes before you sure. settle on that name. I have. Oh, okay, good. But I have a backup. What? The Gast Station. Because my <laughs> name is Toby Gastler. <laughs> I was so happy. I was I so it. happy with the Gas Station. I'll I told my it. friend, he goes, you should make it the Gas Station with the T. And I was like, God damn it. That's perfect. I settled. I was happy. I'm not going to change it. But uh, I might change it. does that name... Does that name insinuate that it's about food in any way? No. Uh, the gas station is just a place where you stop by. Okay. It insinuates conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I was playing with banana mouth <laughs> for a while <laughs> because there was going to be an idea where we talk while we ate and we would definitely have oh, a no. case of banana mouth. Yeah. Uh, then talking with our mouth full and then breaking bread <laughs> there for a while. And I finally just said, I'm throwing this out. This is dumb. It doesn't have to directly relate to food. Right. And, I mean, when I think yeah. about the amount of food I consume from a gas station. Yeah, exactly. It's alarming. So. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Toby, for coming on. I appreciate yeah, no it. Problem. We're kind of all over the place. Yeah. I like it, though. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. way to do it because you get a lot of stuff in. I'm trying to keep it right around 40 minutes just because stuff much longer than that, unless I have more than one guest, it does get a little bit boring. Sure. Like on SoundCloud, I was able to track when people were dropping off. Really? And it was right around the 30 minute mark. I gotta go SoundCloud. So. Okay, cool. Thank you.